Um, and just not feeling happy with the sport anymore, not feeling like running was serving any purpose in my life anymore because I was never good enough, never thin enough, never fast enough. Hey, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. For our listeners with kids, I hope gradual entry has been okay. We're mid-September now. Uh, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but in BC, it's like half hour a day for a long time for the young ones. So here we are back into the routine of sports and winter training and fall training. And it's absolutely stunning up in the Pacific Northwest this time of year. So I hope you get some beautiful fall colors as well, wherever you are. I'm chatting today with a young runner who's really taken the scene by storm, Bailey Kowalczyk. So Bailey started running as a young kid and we get into her university career and now she ran track there and ultimately didn't have the best experience and stopped after just two years. But she ended up in Boulder where she found the trails and is now crushing trail running at, I want to say short, but it's not short distances, about the 30k mark, but she'll do anything it looks like with loads of vert and she's finally feeling really strong, but equally she opens up about the struggles that kind of came around in college and that still linger and how she's getting through those and just being really smart about when to race again and making sure she's really strong and I know this weekend she had an amazing um, first place finish and felt strong the whole way so I'll link to her Instagram in the show notes as well so you can check on there she's a coach and an advocate for mental health and just becoming a real force in the running community so she was really fun to chat to. We also get a bit into some of the things that she's using for recovery to help feel better. One of the supplements is called Currents, a black currant from New Zealand that I thought was particularly interesting. So I'm going to try to get you guys some more information on that as well and probably give it a go myself. So we'll chat more about that in the episode as well. Stay tuned. My husband and I just did a 100k relay last week, which was really fun and sort of the only way we could do it with childcare. So I ran the first 50 and then he ran the second 50, uh, and then the parent that had the child got to go fishing and play in the lakes. So it was a pretty cool grassroots race up by Kamloops, put on by Dirty Feet. So I'll link to some of that in the show notes too, and maybe Andy and I will do a pod on that. So if you're looking for a really family-friendly, kind of fun atmosphere, then I'm going to plug those races for sure. Okay, that's enough rambling for now. If you'd like a backlog of podcast episodes they're up on the patreon and all of that can be found in the link in the new trail running women instagram which is just trail running women pod um trying to get everybody over there my personal is hillsport 55 you can find the trail running pod instagram through there too um okay that's all i'm going to say from now here is bailey I'm here today with a young runner who's just sort of finding her stride in the trail running world, but has had an amazing background with road racing and racing in college and seems to be quite knowledgeable about all things running as well. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Bailey Kowalczyk. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to be here and I'm, I'm excited to chat with you today. Are you currently in, in Colorado? Is that right? I am. Yes. I am based out of Boulder, Colorado, which I would consider to be the running Mecca of the U S. Yes, totally. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I'm very jealous. So nice. Let's get a bit of your background as a runner. I know you ran as a kid and had some success very early on. So give us a bit of an intro to how you found running and, and what races you did as a kid. 
Yeah, so I, I grew up on the East Coast in upstate New York, the non-city part of the state, and it was a really, really competitive atmosphere in high school. So I started running competitively quite early and took the more classical approach, um, which, you know, track and cross country, kind of three seasons of running. I went to college at Clemson University and I ended up running there. Um, I did deal with some burnout and some you know, mental health associated things in college. So I did only run in college for two and a half years and then moved to Boulder, Colorado and kind of found my stride again on the roads. And that somehow transitioned into trail running. And now I'm, um, you know, I, I still run on the roads a bit, but I mostly consider myself a trail runner at this point And I'm just absolutely loving it. Yeah, you know, it's not that crazy of a story to think that you had this sport that you loved so much as a kid. And then eventually when you find the trails, just given the nature of running in the mountains, it becomes that same sort of love you had as a kid again. Exactly, exactly. I feel like my running career, and it doesn't even feel like a career, but it feels like my running journey has really come full circle at this point. And, and that's just so exciting and fun. So can we talk a bit more about what your college experience was was like um, with the mental health issues? And I noticed in your bio that you want to have a voice in the running world around that. So um, tell us kind of more details of what you're what you're hoping with that. Yeah, of course. So I, you know, I, I've always been and I think this is very common with most high achieving athletes. I've always been very um people pleasing, very type A, very, you know, kind of rigid and, and wanting to please people that were, you know, in charge. So coaches and, and people like that. And I went to college. Um, I went to college at a very big division one program. I did have a lot of fun there, but it also was kind of a pressure cooker in regards to expectations that were put on me, expectations that I then put on myself. And um, there was a lot of negative body talk and a lot of talk around, you know, looking a certain way in order to run fast. And I think that that was quite toxic for me, especially because I'm, I am the person that, you know, I want to trust the coaches that I'm, that I'm trusting. I want to please them. I want to feel like I'm doing everything that I can to be the best athlete that I possibly can be. So I think, you know, being in that vulnerable position, it just allowed me to make too many changes to my body in order to try to be faster, which, um, as we all know, spirals into injury cycles and mental health issues and, um, just never feeling like you're good enough. And so that's kind of how my college experience went. It was, it was kind of a cycle of not fueling myself enough, getting injured, um, and just not feeling happy with the sport anymore, not feeling like running was serving any purpose in my life anymore because I was never good enough, never thin enough, never fast enough. I know it seems like in hindsight so obvious. Of course, if you're not fueling yourself, especially as a runner with an impact sport and how much as a college athlete, how many hours you put in, was there no like noticeable action from coaches when they start to see this pattern? Cause I assume you're not the only one that's going through this when these types of comments are being made where nobody recognized like, Hey, people are losing weight because we're telling them to, or that they have to look a certain way and then getting injured and then 
not running as fast because they're not fueled to do so? Like, was the connection just never made? So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. I think you are correct in that I was not the only one going through this. There were a lot of people on my team going through it, which doesn't add to any um, healthy atmosphere, unfortunately, but it seemed like it was not a recognized problem until it was too late. And by that point, you know, the, the sport had been ruined for me and I was just not in a body that was able to function at a high level or really any level at all. So I think it's, it's frustrating because I think, you know, they want you to get to a certain point and almost always you get pushed past that point. And then it's kind of a point of no return where I I had to take a step back from running in order to allow my body to heal and get to a place where I could run healthy again and actually enjoy it. So it's a pretty big move, especially when you're running in college to finally get to that point to say, okay, I'm taking a step back and I've probably identified as a runner my entire life and now I'm not going to be. Was there a particular injury or moment that was that enough you had to kind of make that huge shift in your life? Yeah. So I'd say the initial shift in college was not entirely my decision. Um, my, my body was not in a good place. I had a few doctors basically tell me that, that my health was at risk if I were to keep running at a high level. And so that initiated me to take a step back. So I think there was a lot of help in that decision, but it was definitely not easy in any way, shape or form. It was, you know, I'm 18 years old and being told to kind of drop the identity that has been there for me my entire life. And so that was a big, big change for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine for sure. I know your bio kind of jumps to, and then you found some road racing, which compared to track, you know, 5Ks and stuff all feels very long and something entirely different. How did you work through the decision to start running again and make sure that you were going to keep it healthy and fun for you? Yeah, it was a really long process. So I'd say probably from the time that I left Clemson, which to the time that I decided, I think I want to compete again, it was probably a full two years. So that was two years of you know, not really running seriously every now and then I would go for a four mile jog, which I do respect running is running. But for me, that was just so much different than what I had done my entire life. And it, I think the community in Boulder is really what helped me make that decision. I, I wanted to make friends that also ran because that's just, you know, I couldn't fully drop that identity, but I wanted to, to refine it in a healthy way. So I joined a track club out here just to dip my toes in and do some group runs every week. And I think that's what ultimately motivated me. I found that I could be happy and run fast and have a lot of fun doing it. And so that, so I got a little, um, positive pressure from people that I was running with to sign up for some races and just go have fun and see what happens. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm, um, getting back into the competitive space and really loving it. So it it definitely changed my perspective, being able to run with people and drop the judgment and not feel like I'm running for anybody else other than my own enjoyment and love of the sport. Yeah. I was just going to say having friends that support you because they want you to succeed, not because 
your success is a reflection of them. So then they put too much pressure. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, obviously I'm here today. So I had, so I think it was definitely a positive way of reentering the space, but that's not to, um, make those two years go unnoticed because it was a long two years of trying to find my way back to this sport and, and, and back to my body too. You know, when you're 18 with a broken body that, that you really can't trust. I think that, um, there's a lot of self work that has to go into that. Yeah. So when you did start running again, and especially we'll get into some of your successes and some of your races, but I mean, we're talking about, you know, vertical races, 28 Ks, things that are, are long and obviously going to take a lot of fuel. Was it challenging mentally to understand how much you had to eat compared to probably what you were trying to restrict in college? 100%. Yes. And, and that's where it has been a big learning experience over the last, um, I'd say four years or so just learning how to fuel during activity, because that's not something you do in college. Like, so that was, that was a big thing, but also just fueling these big adventures and these, these long weeks of volume, um, outside of running too. It's, it, there was a little bit, I learned my lessons early on. I, I got injured twice, um, with some fairly large injuries that I think were kind of spilling over from my college experience, but they were huge reminders that, Hey, you still have things to work on and, and it's not a perfect process, but you're moving in the right direction. Stress fractures. Yes. So I had uh, two sacral fractures, um, within six months of each other, which was a huge blow because I felt, you know, healthier than I've ever felt and things had been going really well. But I think, I mean, I think there were still things that I really needed to work on. And it was just a reminder that I can't delete my past. And and those were in 2019 and 2020. So I do feel like I've grown since then a lot. So, um, yeah, more, more life lessons. Yeah. And I mean, some of it's just age, right? You kind of just have to learn and get a bit older. It's so hard to be that young and try to figure all those things out so quickly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have a lot of good people in my corner at this point that I feel like have helped me a lot. And I also just feel like a wiser human through, you know, obviously you never want to make a million mistakes in order to be wise, but I feel like that really helped me in this process is just going through these experiences and growing through every single one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just kind of always, that's just always the case. And it's just being aware and willing to look at your mistakes and how to learn from them. And that's what makes the sport fun too. Yes. Yes. There's something about this sport that's, um, you know, I think we all fall and we all fail, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you kind of learn and grow and laugh in the face of those failures. You start doing some longer road races, get in, you're in Boulder. So you're in the, like the center of the trail running world. Tell us a bit about like your first couple of trail races and how they felt. And then I guess that time too, by the sounds of it, you're just starting to get back into this and want to go for it. And it is COVID. Is that timeline right? Yes. So the timeline is really funny. I, I mean, funny in hindsight, but I got, I first stepped on the trails in 2019 and 
really it was just a way to continue to build a base for road running. I didn't really think much of it. Oh, that's just so funny. Sorry that you kind of went as a base for road and didn't realize you were going to get addicted to it. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. We just did a tempo on the trails. And next thing I know, I'm signing up for trail races because it was just such a joy. I remember my first ever long run out here. Like it's, it's nice because I remember every single part of this timeline, which is amazing. Um, but I, my first trail race was actually super traumatic. Um, because that's when I broke my sacrum the first time in the middle of the race and then had to run down this mountain with a broken sacrum that I didn't know was broken. And I kept falling and I ended up with like 25 stitches. So it's kind of a dramatic entrance into the trail scene. Um, but I still loved it. And so there's something to that. I still came back. Um, but then obviously that's 2019. I got injured. And then by the time I came back, I ran one race and then it was COVID. So it was a little bit weird of a timeline and I feel like it, it's it was hard, but it also solidified my love for the sport because I was able to go do this thing on my own in COVID and kind of be build my relationship with the trails even stronger. I, I went for a lot of FKTs. I challenged myself personally. And I think that's, I think that actually helped me, even though COVID was not a pleasant time in anyone's life. It, it really did solidify my love for the sport. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's actually pretty common where people found that, you know, we get all caught up in the race scene because that's just what we've always known. And then when it wasn't there, there's so many ways and a very solid training day is so satisfying. And then also, yeah, to pick one of these routes that anybody can do at any time. Um, and the, having to, the logistics of it and everything is a whole other kind of part of it that makes it super interesting. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's something too, like when everybody is kind of, shot inside and unable to be social and you can still go out to these trails safely and, and be in nature and have that one thing that's kind of keeping you grounded that really helped me a lot and um so it was a very interesting journey getting into trail running but once most of the covid restrictions had lifted then i got super excited by racing and that's kind of where things took off in 2021 just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by AG1. So I gave AG1 a try because I have been looking for a supplement routine that I could actually stick to for so long and a cabinet full of pills was just not going to happen. I could last maybe a week at best, but they some of them needed to be in the morning, some of them needed to be in the afternoon. So it was so complicated that I needed to find something that was a one-shot go, and I sort of knew a greens powder was the way I wanted to go, but they all tasted so bad. So I was really excited when I got to try AG1 because it actually tastes good. So they also have these awesome travel packs, so I throw some in my suitcase, and like this weekend, we had a race, arrived two or three days before, and I got to have my AG1 with me in the simplest way to pack it, and then I knew I was getting all of the high quality and vitamins and minerals I would need to race super well without needing to eat a bunch of fruit and vegetables, which might give you digestive upset mid-race. And the best part is that it's less than $3 a day, which I'm realizing is far less than my coffee a day 
which I need to fix that habit. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from a supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash drwp. That's drinkag1.com backslash trwp to check it out. Yeah, yeah. So just looking at your results and and totally. So I'm curious, I think you're working with David Roche still, is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So I've been with David Roche since the fall of 2019. So when fall of 2019, so he worked with you through the FKTs. Okay. So then you guys working together, did you put together a plan for races that would suit your style or were you more still thinking like, okay, I've got to explore all types of distances and don't really know where your strengths yet or what kind of goals did you guys put out for 2021? Yeah, my goal was to race just kind of a little bit of everything. And I really did want to focus on the sub ultra space that definitely felt more fitting for me. Um, and by sub ultra, I just mean marathon or under in the trail world. I, I know everyone has a different definition of that. And it seems to be moving closer and closer to 50k as sub ultra. But um, that year, my goal was just to do everything from I did a 10K on the trails to a marathon in Germany on the trails. And so it was kind of like dipping my toes in every single aspect of the sub ultra trail running scene that I could. And it was really super cool. And I didn't really gain any insight on what I loved the most because I loved every single race I showed up to, but it was, it was super fun to be able to explore all different sides of the sport. Yeah, for sure. It totally looks like sort of that like 20 to 30K distance is pretty much your wheelhouse, eh? I would say so, yes. I've been dabbling in some more marathon distance races, but I definitely, 30K kind of has my heart right now, to be honest. Yeah, that to me sounds terrible. It's way too fast of a distance, <laughs> but I can I can appreciate somebody else's love for it. <laughs> it is funny. You, you know, I talk to a lot of, I train with a lot of ultra runners and their mindset is that it's way too fast, way too short. But then I think about running a hundred miles and my brain cannot even fathom the thought of being on my feet for that long. So it is perspective is everything, I guess. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't even understand it the first time you hear it. And then eventually you hear it enough and you run hundred K and then get a little bit closer. And then suddenly you're like, Oh, that's not that bad. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. for fine. sure. But <laughs> So Xterra World Championship, second place, run the rut 28K, which I believe is basically straight up. Is that correct? Yeah, it's pretty much straight up, straight down, straight back up, straight down. It's it's quite steep and quite technical. And I just absolutely love that race. Yeah, yeah. And those are some grueling, awesome races. So what did you find was the biggest difference in your training with David for races like this, where there's obviously so much impact and so much climbing, so strength is going to be such a, a factor in it as well, as opposed to just flat, short, fast? Exactly. Yeah. So I focused a lot on adding more vert to my week in a way that was sustainable. I think in the past, my mistake was that I came off of winter and would just run the biggest, vertiest weeks that I possibly could. And then I would end up with an injury. So 
it was a little bit more meticulous in that I slowly added more steeper runs and just getting used to sustained steep technical downhills. And I do, I love to run technical downhills. So I think that is a strength of mine, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure that my muscles could actually handle the amount of time that you're running downhill in, in these giant races. Um, strength work is always a thing that I will have in my program. So that's something that we always build in one to two times a week. Um, but for the most part, it's just getting time on feet and time on steep terrain. And that has helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And probably just the more times you're out there, the more your body just gets used to it because it is such a unique thing. Like, I don't think there's any other sport that sort of mimics that feeling on everything from the end of your toes to your quads, to your core and the whole body. So it's super unique like that. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I even feel these races in my fingertips, which is not, <laughs> not always the most fun feeling, but it's, it's a full body experience out there. So I'm curious, I mean, looking at your results as well, last year, obviously a lot of top 10 places, some absolutely amazing um, times in some big races, and then um, a little bit in 2023. And then we talked about a bit before the show about maybe not recovering super well or feeling great. Um, can you tell us more about kind of how that was going for you and what you were feeling? Yeah. So 2022 was definitely my strongest year ever. Um, I ran a lot of international races, ended up placing quite well in them. And it was, it was, you know, it left me on a high at the end of the year. It's safe to say that I, you know, I built some confidence and I felt really good. And so going into 2023, I was kind of building really, really lofty goals. And unfortunately, the way the world works sometimes is that curveballs are just always out there. And that's kind of what happened this year. I, I got a weird virus in December and then spent, you know, six to seven months feeling not normal at all. And sometimes running was possible. Sometimes it wasn't recovery was super slow. I had just a host of really weird symptoms that kind of, um, transpired as time went on. And it was, you know, it's scary to all of a sudden feel like my body couldn't run at all. And, um, I've gone through a lot of testing and, and the, the thought is that it's some sort of autoimmune response or, or long virus response, like similar to, you know, there's a lot of ideas out there about like long COVID and things like that. But right. at the end of the day, my focus was just getting back to feeling normal. So I don't necessarily need a diagnosis as long as the needle is moving in the right direction. So um, it's been a really frustrating year. I had some good results in the beginning of the year, but um, since then I've just been really focusing on getting myself healthy, um, focusing on, you know, supplements that are going to assist in recovery, assist in um, performance and just feeling more like me. And, and so that's kind of been pivotal in my journey. And then obviously just listening to my body as I get back to more normal training. Right. Like, I mean, that's, that's big of you to not need a diagnosis. Cause I feel like that to me would be the most frustrating part, but obviously they must've checked everything from iron to all the total basics and they just couldn't quite nail it down. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I am pretty sure I have had every test known to man this year. So I, I feel very confident in my 
systemic picture right now, but there, you know, there were some things to work on. Iron is always something that I've needed to work on. So that is something that, um, I've reintroduced at a more serious level. Um, but they have checked for all the big scary things, which is relieving. And obviously it'd always be nice to have some sort of diagnosis so that I don't, it's hard not to feel crazy in times like this because it's, it's just a little ambiguous, but at the same time, if the needle is moving in the right direction and I have a team of experts telling me that the big picture looks good, then that's reassuring enough for me to, to trudge forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what kind of supplements have you found are helping other than iron? Yeah. So the iron obviously is a piece, but, um, I started working with a company back in March time called Kurim's. And it's a um, supplement from New Zealand, black currant extract. And it's, I mean, I, I've done a lot of research. I have some friends from New Zealand that had recommended it back when I was at world championships, um, which I can definitely get into that experience later. And it's something that's always intrigued me because all of the, all of the studies that I read, I'm a big science nerd. All the studies that I read have shown that recovery is improved, you know, two to three times with the supplement and it's sport certified, which is obviously very important to me when I'm racing on the international level. So that's, um, that's a supplement that I have added consistently since March and has really, really helped me just, you know, recovery between runs has been improved. And I think just the way that I feel during runs has helped, has been better. So that is definitely the first one that I list here. Um, I have also added just simple vitamins that, you know, maybe everyone takes, but I just think that I'm just trying to fill the gap. So vitamin D, um, I mentioned the iron magnesium, and then CoQ10 and L-carnitine are, you know, they help with ATP production. So that's been something that I've been trying to add in as well. So that's kind of the, the regimen that I believe in. And I, I do see a lot of progress. So yeah, I'd actually heard about the Kurens from another one of their athletes, Alyssa Clark, who is a fantastic runner. And she was talking about the studies showing that they have three times faster recovery and 49% less muscle soreness. Uh, is that the kind of benefits you found from them as well? Yes. Yeah, so I, one of the big things that has been happening to me this year has been that I end up super, super, and, and maybe not right now, but back before this, but I end up super, super sore from an effort that previously would not have done that. And, you know, once I started taking the supplement, I felt like that, DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness, um, as they more commonly call it, has definitely gone away and been reduced. So that that supplement has really helped me in that department as well. That's fantastic. That's one thing that I don't think we have many other supplements for, and especially long distance running. It's all about the back to back runs. And if you're not able to get those done, it's really hard to train properly. So that's pretty um, a pretty important factor for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really important to me is, is maximizing, just maximizing my ability to recover and come back the next day, super strong. And also in a way that's authentic to me. So for example, the supplement is derived from real food. So I think that for me, it's like really 
easy to believe in something that is really natural, safe for sport, like all things that I believe in, because at the end of the day, I, I do need to believe in what I'm doing and feel like it's working with my body and not against it. So I'm very, very happy with, with my current regimen setup, and I feel confident that it's going to get me to fall races super healthy and strong. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I was kind of perusing some of your Instagram and you're pretty open about some of your struggles. And you just sort of mentioned like talking about your experience at Worlds. Are you talking about the DNF? Yes. So, you know, the, this is very in line with what we've been talking about. But I went to Worlds um, probably not in a body that should have been getting to a start line. But I wanted, you know, I had qualified to go and I really wanted to believe that I could pull out a good effort. Um, but that's, that was kind of the tipping point for me in testing my body. It just could not work at all. And I, I made it maybe a third of the way through the race before it just made sense to drop. Um, if I had kept going, I think I would have ended up with an injury that would have taken a really long time to, um, to come back from. So I, I'm really proud of that decision and I do love to share my experiences openly because I want people to know that first of all, professional athletes are all humans at the end of the day. And second of all, a DNF does not mean that you failed. And while it was really hard, it felt like a failure in the moment, but I'm also super proud of that decision. And I feel like it has allowed me to come back stronger and to still love this sport and to want to, you know, get my body to a healthy place again. So while it was a wake up call and not a very fun one, I'm, it just makes me more grateful for the the healthy body that I have right now. Yeah. And I think the more that people hear these stories and I know like there's been other female tra trail runners talk about it. Yeah, like you said, the more it sort of empowers other people to make the right decision because we do realize that we are still struggling with the same things and we are all human. But it's not actually that like long since you've been dealing with this. So what types of tools do you use um, now to make sure that you're doing all the right things mentally? Or if you feel like, you know, old patterns are slipping back, do you have anything that helps you kind of move forward in the right direction? Yeah, I have a lot of people in my corner and I'm incredibly grateful for that. So I, you know, between my coach, David Roche, who is absolutely amazing and checking in pretty much every single day, um, he, he kind of acts as he's a coach, but he's also a sounding board and he's also very in tune to, you know, what's healthy to push through and what's not. So I think that's really helpful to have somebody kind of pulling the reins at all times. Um, and I also have a team of experts just in regards to nutrition and therapy. I'm a big supporter of therapy for everybody, even if you don't have any demons, which I'm not sure I believe that anyone doesn't have demons, but I think that therapy is super, super helpful. And, and I have a wonderful human in my corner in that aspect too. And then obviously just um, listening to my body and recognizing that there are, you know, I think of this whole journey as an ocean or a river. And it's kind of like, there's going to be 
waves. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but my goal is to keep it as, you know, water instead of like jagged cliffs. Like it doesn't need to be the highest, highest high and the lowest, lowest, low every single time. It can kind of flow a little bit more. And I think recognizing that and not being so black and white about life has helped me a lot too. Oh yeah. That's a really good kind of unique perspective. I like that. So sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I mean, it's a, it's a lot and running is just, it's hard, I guess the same as kind of in college to, to keep that perspective of it doesn't define you as a person a hundred percent either. So probably that it doesn't have to be the highest high and the lowest low sort of helps keep that perspective on just you as a human being being also important too without running. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. And I think something that's also really helped me is this community and feeling like I have, you know, started to create my own voice and something that's really important to me, you know, instead of trying to channel my people pleasing into pleasing everyone around me with my performances, what I'm trying to do is, is reach more people and help them write their stories. So, you know, obviously I went through a lot of hard things in college and after college. And I think that being able to use my voice to help one person that's in a similar situation is really healing to me. And so being vulnerable, it's not easy. It's never come easy to me, but the more vulnerability that I express, I feel like the more personal growth that I have too. And hopefully the more personal growth that other people have as well. Yeah. And just what a better impact on the world other than just people being like, oh, wow, she runs fast. You know, like they to actually be able to relate and and learn and get help from your story. Yeah. That must be very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think worlds kind of taught me worlds opened my eyes to that a little bit there. You know, I felt like I've been, you know, I didn't represent the country like I should have. I didn't, you know, I didn't do well enough. I'm going to disappoint people. And the you know 100% of people that reached out to me that I saw that weekend were like we love you as a person we you know obviously want what's best for you as a runner and a human but we don't think any differently of you because of one race and i think that sometimes that's what we need to hear and realize is that we are not defined by this sport it's something that you know it's something that i enjoy and it's something that i love and something that i'm passionate about but it's not who i am anymore Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's very easy to say that, but it is a hard thing to do, especially college athletes, I think in any sport. Um, That's just part of the shift. And it's and running is funny, because it's a lifelong sport. So it's a little bit different. So it's sort of something you have to continuously remind yourself of for sure. But like, I, I can get so anxious going into a race. And then someone like when you put it in the perspective of like I'm gonna come home and my son doesn't even know I raced and my (laughs) husband does not care how fast I ran it like it really in the end the people close to you they don't care (laughs) it's so funny I do the same thing sometimes with my dog or my grandma I'm like my grandma is going to love me the same after this race it (laughs) does not matter and my dog could care less that I'm even running a race he just wants to run with me at the end of the day so really if you put it in perspective it's like okay is anyone really going to love me less? And if they are, like, do they 
do they deserve a spot in your life? Probably not. Um, exactly. But, yeah, it is. It is a hard process. It's very easy to talk about, and and full disclosure, I'm I'm great at talking about these things and giving advice and and going through all of that. And it is hard. It's a hard journey. It's not always pretty in the execution, but I've learned a lot in the process. So I think it's definitely gotten a lot prettier. Yeah, for sure. And then equally, like it's still totally okay to be excited about successes and go after things. So now that you're starting to feel a little bit better and you've obviously had a lot of success, like really quickly, if you look at it, we've been racing for two years after COVID. Mm -hmm. um, What types of things make you excited for the future? And what are your big goals, uh, maybe short term and long term? Yeah, I am. You know, I'm just so excited to continue to explore this amazing sport and this community. It seems like every event I go to, whether I'm racing or not racing and just supporting people, it is, it brings a different side of the community and another, you know, it just motivates me to be out there in some capacity. So I just want to keep learning, keep showing up to things that I feel like I'm excited about and that challenge me and um, right now, yes, that that does continue to be sub ultra, but you know, I'm someone that at this point in my life, I will never say never. So if that means that I go longer, bigger, harder in the future, that's great. But for now, um, for now, I'm really enjoying this space that I'm in. In the immediate future, I am looking back to get back into racing this fall. So I'm gonna dip dip my toes back in with a ginormous course at the rut in a week. (laughs) So I say dip my toes back in because it's a course that, you know, it's a down to earth race that means something to me. There's zero pressure, but it's still a really hefty race. Um, but I'm really excited by it. And so I'll, I'll be going there, zero judgment, just, you know, checkpoint, see how my body feels, see how things are going and, and just, soak in all of the community vibes. Um, that's kind of the, the most immediate goal. And from there, I just, I really want to respect my body and see how it does with that and then be able to build out my schedule a little bit more for the rest of the year. That seems like a a really good take on it and best of luck in that race. And I follow you on Instagram now and we'll plug all your stuff at the end of this and people hopefully will see a post on how it went. Yay. Yes, they will. Um, good, bad, or ugly, there will be a post on it. And I'm really excited. I think it'll be fun. I have some big goals for 2024. It's, you know, it's ever changing because I've learned that um, it seems like the more set in stone plans I try to make, the more um, plans that get broken and changed. And and that's just part of the game. So I have tentative plans to to try to run OCC next year. and, And there's a lot of goals similar to that, but it's also like, there's always an asterisk. That's like, if you're healthy, if this makes sense. So yeah, I'm just trying to, to go with the flow right now a little bit. That's awesome. I like that. That's wise beyond your years. Usually you have to be 10 years older to be like, Oh, maybe it'll all flow. So I'm jealous of that perspective. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's taken a lot to get here. So I'm, I'm definitely, I'm feeling grateful for my wisdom, but at the same time, um, yes, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like you put in your work, so that's fair. So a couple last questions I like to ask everybody. When you are like really long training run or 30K race, what is your favorite post-race meal that you are craving? Ooh, you know, a lot of times 
And I, I don't know, this isn't really a meal, but I love like loaded smoothie bowls, especially in the summer. That's like my favorite thing. But if we're talking a full meal, you know, Thai food is my favorite. I think it's got the salt and the rice and the protein and the vegetables. It has literally everything. So I love, um, yeah, I love Thai food, Korean barbecue, things like that. Salty goodness. I love that. Thai food is so good. I've had like, you are episode 219 and the first person to say Thai food. And now I'm like, that's what I want in this moment. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Glass noodles are my new favorite obsession. So I don't know if you've ever had them, but anyone that's listening should go get some Thai glass noodles. It's very good. Okay. I like it. Shout out to glass noodles. Um, last, last question before we get all of your info on where people can find you, if you could describe trail running in three words, what would they be? Um, let's see. Oh, I have so many words. So peaceful, um, joyful and community. Oh, nice. Yeah, totally. Um, Those encompass it well. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time and for your openness. Um, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to relate to this and probably want to find you if you have an Instagram. And I know you coach athletes as well. If you want to plug your website, your coaching um, contact, please go ahead and do all of that. Yes. I um, my Yeah, the spelling of my last name is a little bit complicated. So I will definitely give you that because I absolutely love to be a part of athletes' journeys and help them however way I can. Um, My Instagram is just at, and then it's my first name, last name. So it's Bailey Kowalczyk. I can spell it if you want, or you can just put it in the the footnotes. Um, It'll be in the show notes, yeah. So people can just link to it for sure. Cool. And then, yeah, my website is www.baileykowalczyk.com. And those are... I'd say Instagram is really the main social media I use. I don't, I don't really uh, get on TikTok or any of the fancier things these days. Yeah, me neither. I can't. It's, it makes me pretty hard on TikTok. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. And I'm really excited to follow along on your journey. And best of luck with all of your goals. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I best of luck on your goals as well. Thank you.